Welcome, everyone. To the CapsCorner.com podcast. CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the great palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond. Uh, the snow is melting, finally. Um, people are able to drive. Life is continuing on, uh, getting back to normal uh, once again. So thankfully, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can have some basketball games that actually, you know, are played when they are actually scheduled as opposed to the ones that make us watch the game on ESPN3, uh, which I honestly... Uh, I, I have never gotten so close to just muting a game and watching it in silence as I did last night. Uh, but it was an incredible, incredible <laughs> ending. Um, sadly, the, 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 the way we're going to remember, or I don't know, maybe not we'll remember, but maybe the way that the highlights will, will dictate, I guess, the, the call on that one was the guy saying that he, uh, did he say allegedly or apparently? No, he said apparently. Apparently Virginia has, has, has beaten Wake or something like that. And I don't know. I mean, I guess in the moment you didn't know, but dude, you're 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 watching the game. You didn't know that the shot was clearly, you know, out of his hand. I mean, the buzzer, the buzzer didn't sound till it like had just hit the window, so clearly it was out of his hand. But anyway, we're gonna talk about obviously Darius Thompson's uh, heave in the dash last night. Um, <laughs> I still cannot believe that it actually happened. We're gonna talk about that and and Virginia scoring like uh, no points for like thirty nine and a half minutes and then scoring like all the points. Um, but before we do that, let's go around and introduce ourselves. Ourselves tonight is staff writer Justin Ferber up in Northern Virginia. Ferber, welcome back to the podcast, sir. What's up? I did watch the game on mute last night. Um, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, uh, and the occasional witty banter. Or when I'm watching a game on TV, Brad just gets ragey. Have you noticed that? Like, I get really salty when I'm watching a game on TV, and I just can't, like... It feels different when you're watching it on TV. And those It and, does. And the thing that really drives me crazy about watching a game on TV is that... How do I put this delicately to my media brethren? Um, they half the time have no idea what they're talking about. None. And... It's so much easier to watch it in silence, like, at the stadium. Yeah, it really is. And... If you watch it on TV and you, I mean, sometimes every every once in a while you get a color commentator who kind of understands what he's talking about, but 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 that happens not that often. Um, pretty much everybody else is kind of clueless, and the way that the the whatever the guy says on TV like sets the agenda for like what people on the message board think happened blows my mind. Like if I watch a game on TV, I can almost tell you. The four or five things that like clearly did not really happen, but that the the guy the guy calling the game thought happened, and that drives me insane. Like it's just stupid. I mean, they, these cats don't have any idea what they're talking about. Luckily, uh, the, the the way that this one went down, at least for Virginia's sake, uh, uh, ended in such a fashion that the the that the fact that it was on ESPN three and that one camera was like I don't know on like a Sony handheld from like nineteen ninety seven. Um, Did you notice the stark difference between the main camera and then when they showed the baseline camera for replays? It was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? It was, ins- it was night and day. It was like this one camera that was, like, all the other cameras were okay, you know, by 2016 standards. And then there was this one camera, and this one camera was just awful. And they kept cutting to it like they would show, like, the Wake Forest bench, and, like, all of a sudden it was, like, it was, like, not HD, and it was grainy, and you just, uh, it, like, all of a sudden you felt like you'd had, like, way too much to drink, like, really randomly. Um, it, it, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of just like off-putting. It was very disconcerting. Um, but 
yeah, Virginia somehow manages to to squeak out uh, a 72-71 victory uh, in Winston-Salem uh, in the Joel, um, <laughs> where good teams go to die. Um, I guess the, let's start here. In terms of like, all right, here I, I, before we actually get into like the nuts and bolts of this thing, I want I'm curious. So, did you watch the last few minutes? How did you how how did the last few minutes play out for you? Uh, no, I didn't watch. So you weren't watching at all, and then you check Twitter, and you're like, "Oh my god, this happened." No, nah, see, what happened was Twitter was so far ahead right. that I was like, at this point, it's pointless because they're down more point. They're down what seems an insurmountable amount of points. And Twitter is like uh, two minutes ahead, and they're down even more points in real time. So, like, I was just like, "Well, I'll just not watch the rest of this because they're just gonna lose, and I don't really nothing's gonna happen that's like revolutionary in this last minute that's gonna be worth seeing." So, I just turned the, turned the laptop off, um, and I just kept looking at Twitter, kept getting closer. I was watching the Indiana Wisconsin game. At one point, they showed the score. It was a five point game. I was like, "All right." And not enough time left. They kept fouling. So, yeah, basically when they got the ball back down, um, I guess whatever, two or one, one, two, at the end, I was like, you know, I was following along on Twitter. I was like, wow, they're going to have a chance if they can get a good shot off here to win. And uh, But I knew that if I pulled my laptop back up, there's no way that I would have gotten to see it anyway. So I was like, well, I'll just ride it out here. you know. And then, and then of course, I saw the tweets come in, and I was like, well, I guess they won. All right, let me tell you. Let me tell you how. Let me tell you, Brad, watched it. Okay, so I I was uh, I had the game on the TV. Thank you, Apple TV, for watching ESPN, and had my laptop in my lap doing game updates, and I had Stat Broadcast up, and so having the Stat feed running is both a gift and a curse because it it's like a full minute and a half fast. Right, so I would see the 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 under timeouts coming when I was going to do my updates and stuff like that. And so, like, at some point, I, I at some point, I, if I, I actually, if I realize if I say this and Virginia fans hear it, they're going to be like, no, no, now you can never watch a game in that chair again. But I'm pretty sure I got out of this one chair and went to, and like, put the, put the laptop up, like, on this bar that's, like, separates my living room from my kitchen. And I was like, <laughs> I really am going to have to do that, aren't I? And I swear to God, from that point forward, <laughs> I didn't watch stat broadcast. I had it covered up because like I had two uh, two two tabs open in my browser, and one of them was was that, and one of them was was just the board, and so the board was up. So I didn't I couldn't see what was actually happening in real time, um, and so <laughs> I had no idea that they were they had they you know they had done this. So I'm just watching it on TV, and like at that I I guess there was a, there comes a point when you're doing game updates where like you realize that nobody cares anymore, you know. Um, whether it's a comfortable win or a, or a pretty solid loss, right? So I, f- I figured we were already we we had reached that territory. You know, nobody cared anymore. We were we were well past that. So I wasn't really necessarily worried about like the TikTok of it all. And since I wasn't on site for this one, it didn't really matter, right? <laughs> so <laughs> with so they 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 hit a three and dude misses free throws, and then they hit a three and dude misses free throws, and they hit it. Or all right. <laughs> So when I'm watching it on, I know, I know in my, in my head, right. That when the guy, when Devin Hall takes the inbounds pass down two with four seconds to go, I knew in my head that whatever happened, happened like a minute and a half ago. And I don't know, man, like there was a part of me that like, 
genuinely just didn't want to like get, get spoiled. And that is just not me. I am totally the dude who at Christmas tries to guess all his Christmas presents. Like I am, I am all about trying to figure some stuff out. And this thing, I just like let it go. And so when when Thompson catches that ball and heaves it up there, I was like, no way. And he makes it. And I and the, I could not get to the thing fast enough. Like, <laughs> and by that point, in like. I don't know, the four, five minutes I didn't check Twitter, it was like I had like 130 tweets or something. It was just it was just one of those like, holy crap kind of moments. And I, you know, I kind of came away feeling really bad for Wake Forest people because like, you know, they ain't had a whole lot to be excited about this year. And man, they they were right there on the cusp of having like a real marquee thing and then it was just gone. Um, it was kind of like, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people on the board talk about Miami and the ACC tournament um, several years ago how that was kind of how it felt. It did, except the other way, which was really, which is really strange. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that, I mean, look, it shows us a win column. It shows us a win in the, in the win column, and that's great. And certainly it was good for these kids to have some joy because I don't think it's been a very particularly fun, um, like, month or so, you know? Uh, but... Maybe since that Cal game before Christmas, you know, like you just kind of got the feeling like even though they got those wins against Cal and Oakland, um, you just kind of got the feeling that these kids are under a lot of pressure and they just seem very tight and it's great for them to have something to be excited about. But like they lost that game, you know, like in, in to pretend otherwise, it's, it, it doesn't cover up the, the warts, you know what I mean? And so like I still think coming out of that game, like have they won, they've won, they've won what, four of their last five? Um, they've gotten, you know, obviously their first road win in the ACC, which is great. Um, but you know, they, this Louisville game on Saturday is, is going to be tough. I don't, I, we, at this point, we still don't know what, what, what the result will be in Blacksburg tonight, but I, 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 under, I, I just, I guess I look at it and I just say, you know what, there's a lot that you can take from this if you use it as a springboard, but how realistic is that? And I think that's the question that I think is most important right now at least as it faces this team what do you do with it um and and how likely is it that they're going to be able to really you know take that go to louisville on saturday and get a win you know come back home for bc get a win then go to Pitt the next saturday um i think that's the that's the question at least i have what do you what do you think how, how do you what's your vibe on you your your gut's usually pretty good on these kinds of things what's your vibe on on virginia being able to like do something with with what happened last night yeah, it's kind of hard to get a good sense for it. Um, I said last night after they won, I was like, maybe this will be the springboard that turns things around. And I honestly feel like it would have needed to be something like this and not them just like drilling them. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where it's it's so hard to tell. I honestly think, and this is kind of counterintuitive, but I think it works in their favor that they're playing a like a ranked, respectable team on Saturday. Um, because I can't imagine they're going to walk in. Like, I'm not saying that I think they took these other teams lightly, but there's no way you can take Louisville lightly, right? So it's like I kind of feel like that might work to their advantage. Like they're going to come into this game expecting it to be a war right. um, and might you know, be able to go in there and, and get something done. Who knows? But, I mean, they've shown the ability to beat talented teams at home and on neutral courts. It's just one of those things where you have to go on the road and do it. Um, I mean, I think they deserve to lose last night. I think Wake deserved to win the game. Uh, it's just one of those things where it just worked. Everything worked out at the end. Um, I mean, they did. They made the plays they needed to make down the stretch. But 
And honestly, I think it will be a positive thing. But it's hard for them to go out. And I mean, I, I hope that their takeaway from this is more, wow, I can't believe we just came back and won. We're really lucky. That was a crazy way to end the game. You know, great job to keep fighting and not, oh, now we know how to win on the road. Because I don't think they really did. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. I agree. Here, all right, here, let me get, let's get into some craziness, okay? So Virginia's largest lead in this game was 4-2 to two at 17.32 to go in the first half, all right? Its smallest win probability was 0.2% when they were down 70-63 to 63 with 22 seconds to go, all right? Wake Forest led this thing 14 points at the under 8, all right? Darius Thompson took one shot all night, and it was the game winner. Malcolm Brogdon, remember a few weeks ago when like you know Dowdy and all those cats were like talking about how he he had made a t- had made a two point field goal in like however many whatever he was he was eight to ten from the floor, perfect uh, in, in for on 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 his uh, excuse me he was eight to ten from two two of six from three he scores twenty eight points uh, in thirty eight minutes um, also ends up ends up with seven rebounds um, three steals and an assist. Leonard Francis, who hadn't didn't have a, obviously a great scoring game, only ended up with eight, but he ends up with five assists, um, four rebounds, a couple of steals, only two turnovers. Um, Gill has Gill ends up with seventeen points. He's one of three in double figures. But the thing I guess that surprised me was Mariel Shayok coming in scoring ten points, and his his three down the stretch was a was obviously a big piece of the whole puzzle. Because um, if he doesn't hit that one in the corner, they obviously they don't get the thing rolling. We talk about springboards for the team. I wonder if this is just a springboard. I mean, even if it's just a springboard for him, that could actually be huge for this team because they really do need that other guard. I mean, as as well as Devin has played in spots, they just need somebody else, you know. And I was listening to um, David Glenn from uh, down in Carolina on uh, Greg Burton today, and he was talking about how realistically you can't be a great team if your role players don't play well. And I and I and I think he, he was making the point that that Brogdon, Perantis, and Gill have played very well, but that Virginia has really been let down because its role guys have not played better than they have played. And I think he's got a good point there. I mean, Virginia has a lot of depth, but there haven't been a lot of guys really, you know, do anything with it. Not not consistently anyway. Not consistent exactly. Yeah, you, right, you like you a, can't count on I mean, I'm not trying to call people out, but you can't really count on Toby, Shayok, Thompson, Hall, Will, like any of those guys on any given night to give you something consistent. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. So, like, if Shayok can kind of get back to what he was when they were in Charleston, I mean, that thing was – he had it cooking when they were down there. I mean, he was he was just nasty um, at that in that tournament. Um, in, the, in the Long Beach State game, which Virginia won 87-52, Shayok scores 17 points – uh, on seven of nine shooting, including three threes. Um, he also had five assists in addition to a p- couple of rebounds. And uh, I, I kind of feel like if, if they can get him back to that place, um, th- they just become a completely different team. Now, I'm, I still like Devin getting the start. I think Devin has earned that. But Shayok off the bench would be a huge, huge plus for this team. Uh, also wouldn't be a bad thing for one of the other big guys. Um, I, I don't know if we, if I want to say that, like I think the Jack Salt experiment it, it should be scrapped. Um, I understand why Tony started him so far, but I, I really think that Will. He's not. I don't think he's really given them anything. Like. Well, that's but you know what though, it, it's it's not necessarily what he's given them. It's 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 him be his basically his presence 
allows them to bring Toby in a little bit later. And so you're hoping that when he when Toby picks up that second foul, it's like with three or four minutes to go in the half as opposed to like 17, right? And that's, I mean, really what that's what you're doing. You're putting salt in the game. You want to be physical. Um, if he can give you some energy, that's great. But if he can get you to under 16, you can get Toby in the game. And then you're hoping that Toby can play most of the first half. But I think I really think that Wilkins and Gill are their best combo um, at forward, and you just kind of have to live with whatever limitations you have. I thought it was weird last night that that I thought Wilkins was having a pretty good game, and then he just like his minutes dried up. Um, you know, he wasn't filling up the statue by any means. I mean, had a couple of rebounds or something like that, but he he only played 15 minutes in the game. I I thought that was a little bit interesting. I'm curious to see when we go forward if Tony decides to to cut his minutes some more. But to me, I, I just think that Shayok having the game he had, especially being a big part of that comeback, um, you know, could – it could it, even if it's – even if the whole thing is not the springboard for the team, the fact that it could be a serious springboard for him. Because you, know you know how guys are. They're streaky. You know, you, you see a couple go down, and next thing you're like, oh, okay. I mean, he, he makes a pair of threes last night. He's also perfect from the floor. Otherwise, you know, that in and of itself I think is, imp- is, is important. Um, because this team needs that guy off the bench, and he could be that, especially because he does bring a lot to the table defensively. Um, so, he, like I said, if it's not even if it's not a springboard for the team, let it be a springboard for him, and that could be huge for the team as they go forward. So, I guess let's um, let's switch gears and kind of look forward a little bit. Uh, obviously, we we know that Louisville's playing right now as we record this, so we're, we're not obviously privy to the future. Um, so by the time you hear this, we will you'll obviously know what happened to to them in Blacksburg. It didn't really start out well. Seems we're on like, a we're on a slightly less delay than ESPN three <laughs> was last less night. Slightly less delay than ESPN three was last night. Um, this is interesting to me because Kim Palm has UVA predicted to lose this one um, by seven. Which, I mean, even the you know the games that Virginia has been predicted to lose in the past. I mean, the last yeah. Okay, when's years. the last time UVA was predicted to win to lose a game by seven, seven in points. Ken Palm? Yeah, I know that's yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Louisville seems to me to be a team that is uh, extremely skilled. Um, you know, has moments where you know they're not that great. Uh, they have three losses on the season to three, I think, quality teams: Clemson, Kentucky, uh, and Michigan State. Um, Damian Lee, somebody on the radio I heard called him like, like basically they've they've microwaved this team. What they mean by that is that like he just you know transferred in and then boom instant offense right. Um, he and uh, Chinanu Onowaku, um, who is tenth right now in Ken Palm's uh, player of the year, which <laughs> you told me that was gonna happen, I laughed at you. Um, they. They kind of form an interesting kind of tandem, especially considering some of the other pieces, um, you know, that 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 they have. They got the Snyder kid and and Trey Lewis at the point, um, Donovan Mitchell at the two, um, the Spalding kid apparently getting some run. Uh, that was a kid I really liked a lot coming out of high school. Virginia recruited him for like thirty seven seconds once. Um, so it's it's a it's another it's a typical Louisville team, you know, athletic, a lot of length. Whole lot of big dudes. Um, Onowaku shoots free throws, granny style, which is which is great. Um, really looking forward to watching that uh, for a whole game. Um, to me, if you're looking at this, you know, a great defense, a great defense, 
And it's very weird for Virginia to go into a game where they don't have the better defense. But that is definitely, you know, not the case this time. Um, what are your – before you know, before people eventually read the preview that you'll write tomorrow, uh, what, do you, what are your, I guess, early thoughts on, on the Cardinals and, and, and how the Virginia matches up with them? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, UVA's guards are going to have to win the game. Uh, I mean, obviously they're going to need a lot of contributions from their big men, but they're going to have some tough matchups in the backcourt. So, I mean, it's going to be one of those games where, you know, you kind of got to control Damian Lee and go from there. Um, yeah, it, obviously it's a tough place to play. Uh, you've, they're, the two games they played last year were super competitive, so I expect it to be close. I don't, I mean, I think UVA can keep it within seven. Um, now, I mean, if they play, if they play like they've played on the road in previous games, Louisville will handle them. Um, it's just, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling a little more optimistic about this one, just because I think their focus will be uh, very much there in ways that maybe it hasn't been in other road games. So um, I expect it to be pretty close, but like I said, I think they're gonna. It's, it's all about containing the stars and then trying to make those role players that you just mentioned beat you. Yeah, I think that's the that's the interesting side to it to me is that, you know, this is the first. I mean, look, what are the road games that Virginia's gone to play in the ACC so far? Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Florida State. Not exactly marquee opponents, right? This is a like you mentioned earlier. This is a ranked team. This is a good team. You know, this is not this is not you're going into somebody else's house where you are you know you are the hunted where they're getting up because they're trying to you know this is their Super Bowl kind of thing. That's the way it it was in Blacksburg and Atlanta. Uh, earlier this month, maybe not necessarily as much Tallahassee, but this is a different thing. Um, and I almost think that, like, if you're going to come on the heels of a game on the road, like this, the one they just won, like this is almost perfect because you're going into a situation where you know what you know going in that you can't be on cruise control, you know. And I think I, I, when's the last time they were in a road game like that? I mean, Ohio State, and they didn't necessarily play great that night, but that's early December. I mean, they really haven't had a true road game against a good team. Uh, in a while, so I'm curious to see how they re- respond. To that. I'm curious to see how Tony responds to one the team playing zone, and I guess it kind of working in some respects. Um, will they play? I mean, will they play? I mean, God, it's so weird. They're gonna play zone. Uh, they're gonna use that every once in a while. It's kind of like a like a you know uh, a change up or, or change of pace. Um, I don't know because that that to me is gonna be interesting to watch. And then two like. Um, What's he going to do with the minutes? Because I, mean, I think, you know, we were all kind of under the impression once Shayok hadn't played for a couple games. All right, well, you know, they're going to they're going to trim it down. Um, clearly, he went to Shayok earlier last night, and I wonder if that was matchup based or if he if he if he saw something in practice from Shayok that thought, you know what, he, you know what, he I think he's earned his way back. Well, he made some comments after the game that were basically indicating that. Uh, he thought that he had, he said something along the lines of, I thought we had our rotation down, but I guess not. You know, we'll see going forward what that means. There, he was talking specifically more about Thompson because they were asking, you know, he hadn't played as many minutes and this and that. So they were kind of saying, like, you know, what's his role going to be going forward? And he was like, well, I thought we had a pretty set rotation going into this game. I thought they, he thought that they'd found something, and I guess he doesn't feel that way right now. Yeah, I think that's the other that that's that's the one thing too is that you you really have three guys Thompson Hall Shayok for that one spot, but they all bring something a little bit different. You know, uh, I think Hall's the more complete player. Shayok's the more kind of offensive minded guy. 
at least in at least in his current iteration. And Thompson is I I think a a pretty good you know individual defender, but when he's asked to do the pa- he's asked to play in the pack line, it's like he 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 can't, he struggles a lot. Um, so that. I think that puts Tony in a really hard, a really tough spot because he's not really sure night to night what he's going to get. So he ends up having to play multiple guys and basically see how they're playing. And I really do think that that's playing havoc with the team's overall defense because guys aren't used to playing together. I mean, you, you know, like Deion Atkins, Justin Anderson, Malcolm Brogdon, London Peranta spent a lot of time playing together. You know, like those, those, those guys were on the court a lot together. And it's no wonder that guys are – a little bit stepping and fetching. They're they're not used to who they're playing. A lot of times they're not used to the guys that are, that are around them. So I think that's that's got to be something that I mean. I think for this team to be really good, they have they have to start getting consistent something from somebody. Um, whether that's consistently offense or that's consistently defense, like they just need to have something that they can count on week to you know game to game, so that guys can spend some time playing on the floor together. Um, and if you ask me, I think that's their biggest problem. I, you know, not all right. They don't have a Darion Atkins type. That's their biggest problem. But in terms of what's keeping them from improving, I think that's their biggest problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, th- I mean, like like Tony said, I think it's going to be really important over these next few games to figure out, you know, where where they're going with the rotation and you know which wing players can step up and fill the void and give the you know the perimeter guys some help. Um, make some shots when they need to, and like you said, kind of make sure. Like, I don't think we're, they're going to see a lot more of the zone. I think that was kind of a, just an experimental thing. So, um, finding guys that can kind of like do you know what Tony needs them to do defensively, and also contribute on offense, and not be a liability on either end of the floor. They're just going to have to figure out what that means, like who those guys are, and and how you you know if, if that means that the starters have to play more. I mean, maybe that's what that means as long as they're not in foul trouble. Right, that's a good point. And then, too, I think one of the things that, that, that maybe has hurt them is they have had to play the starters a lot, but then you don't have Gill available because he picks up a couple fouls or what have you. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Tony actually go to the whole mindset that, you know, you don't have to bench a guy just because he has two fouls, you know? Um, sometimes I think some coaches are a little too strict. Yeah, I think coaches rely on that a little too much. Yeah, like, that is like, like a barometer. Automa- yeah, it's a- exactly. It's like an automatic thing. Um but that that being said, I mean, you obviously wouldn't want Gill to pick up his third with you know six minutes to go in the second quarter. Or excuse me, first half. Um, but like, you also would understand that like if you put him in the second half and he picked up that foul, you know, right away. Well, what's the difference? You know, you've given up eight minutes or something of potential game time. Um, and and I mean, the reality is is that the defense has to be better overall. Having him out there is is. is let me take a step back. To me. One of the things that Virginia's struggling with right now is that the offense is, regardless of whether or not they they stunk up the joint last night until the last minute and 23, the offense is better than the defense. And what you really need to do, and I'm not saying you have to like change who you are, but you need to you need to find ways to get easy buckets. You need to find ways to get the offense going. And that, and I really do think that in Virginia's best games this year, Villanova, for example, um, even Cal to some extent, like. They got going because their offense was pretty good, and or or they were making plays, and that kind of got their defense going. Now the Cal game obviously a little bit different than Villanova, but I just kind of feel like the personnel that they have 
it's not it's it used to be that Virginia's defense that would energize them and that's where their offense would get better. This group is different. It's like if they're playing good offense, it's like then the defense comes alive. Um, it's when <laughs> when they're having nights like last night where they're struggling on both ends of the floor that it's just it's just so it's so like confusing as to as to why it's happening that way. But it makes sense that the offensive team struggles to play defense. Life ain't exactly fun uh, in that program when you're not playing good defense, I would imagine. And, you know, they got to be – they have to be better. On, it's almost like they have to overcompensate, and because of that, it's, it's putting even more stress on them. And, they're, and they're, so they're timid, right? They know they have to be efficient. They know they have to score because they do play a slower pace. So they're not getting, you know, the extra possessions. So – if you if I watching them last night, guys just looked tight. They looked timid. They looked worried. Uh, they weren't in in rhythm to shoot. Um, and I think sometimes too, that's the reason why you see these like weird, like guys are trying too hard. They're 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 trying to thread a needle with the pass, or they're trying to, you know, throw over the top because they're just hoping to make the defense react. A lot of times, I think that's that's honestly coming from the fact that they know their their offense has to pick them up because their defense isn't that good. So maybe last night ends up being a little bit of a of a relaxer for them, and they can just kind of go out Saturday and play some ball. And then if they pick up that win, now I think they, they they won four in a row. They won five. If they win that, they won five of their last six. They're going home for, for Boston College, which clearly Boston College would give them a game because that's the way the ACC works this year. Um, but, I mean, you know, the, the schedule, it, you know, you get Pittsburgh, you get Virginia Tech, then you get Duke. And I'm sorry, Duke's not that good. And I think Virginia matches up with them very well. Um, NC State is weird. Then you got to go to Miami, which that'll be a tough game, um, and then you get Carolina at home. You can get through February in a in a pretty strong spot, which is kind of funny because it wasn't that long ago. You know, folks were kind of down on you know, oh, we're gonna finish the ACC like, you know, one with one win or something like that. Now you're looking at you go. You could really kind of make an argument that um, that riding the ship is not that far fetched, um, even though at this point they're you know clearly five and three in the league. Um, Saying NC State is weird is a really nice compliment. I mean, they are weird. They are very they're, weird. <laughs> they're down like 15 to Georgia Tech right now at home. But they are so weird because, like, they have so much more talent than that. You know, Barbara That's is... That's true. <laughs> Barbara is... They are a talented team that just cannot play basketball together. It's... it's But it's the it's the ACC in general this year, you know? Like, other than Boston College, every team is, is kind of like, meh. You know, they're good at times and horrible at times. You know, like Pitt. I thought Pitt wasn't that bad, and then NC State like thumped them. You know, Virginia Tech. Virginia before. All right, look, I gotta say something about this. I'm really getting tired. We're twenty. We're thirty minutes into the podcast at this point, so I, anybody listening to this point is not, you know, gonna be spoilery. I okay. So on December thirtieth, West Virginia came to Blacksburg and beat Virginia Tech like a rented mule. All right, ran them out of the building to the point where they're singing uh, "Country Roads" and Tech fit. I mean, like it just. Ugh. And then that was the game where like Buzz didn't come out for the presser for like two hours or some nonsense, right? Within what a week less, they beat Virginia at home. All right, they beat NC State at home in overtime. Before that, then they went and they got thumped by Duke, who's not that good as we all know. Then they beat Wake by two because Wake basically. Uh, was awake, and then they beat Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech couldn't make any free throws. Why did everybody think they were so good? 
I don't care if they're beat, if they beat Louisville tonight. They're not they're not a good basketball team. This is the same basketball team lost to Alabama State at home. All right. I think what it is is they're just so much more competitive than they were. Well, I think like, that's the thing. People are confusing competitive with good. And that's yeah, they're not the that thing. good. They're it's not just good. like they're just more like in the games than they than they used to be. And then they're actually winning a few of them here and there. I, I like, had a radio guy in Richmond uh, when they were in the process of losing Notre Dame say something to the effect of if if Virginia Tech wins this game tonight can we finally can we just admit that they're pretty good and I was like why they've won one game all season that was just a Virginia game that was that that was anything close to 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 good right other than Virginia you, their best win at that point is like NC State at 73 they were taking Kempons. Oh no, sorry, Georgia Tech. So it's, so it's Virginia and Georgia Tech are their their top wins. I'm sorry, VMI, North Carolina A and T, Arkansas Pine Bluff, like Radford. I did. I wasn't going to do that to you. Um, Grambling State, like they like, are they com- are they much more competitive? Yes. And do they have some some interesting pieces? Absolutely. You know, and and do I want to? If I don't want to get a dogfight with them, no. Nah. I mean, they they play a, kind of an unconventional style because of an unconventional lineup. Um, you know, uh, Zach Lede is like their center and he's like six, seven, you know, it's a, it's a, we, you know, they do what they do and they, and they do it well. They don't have a lot of size and they jump passing lanes and they, you know, try to, you know, uh, do the whole chip on your shoulder thing. And that's cool. Um, you know, they don't have a real five. They barely have a four. Um, in the big scheme of things, you know, they're going to have nights where they give you fits and they're going to have nights where they're going to get blown out. Um, so I don't I don't know that 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 piece to me is it was just I, I I got tired of it like seeing so many people like oh you know he's ahead of schedule and I'm like he one game like one game you know and I understand that 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 it was a good you know it was obviously a good win for them don't get me wrong but like it was just one game man like one game does not a season make regardless of whether or not you know they are the scruffy underdogs. And that's all the time we're going to spend on Virginia Tech. <laughs> I I don't know. I think you can get a good a lot of good mileage on a pod, on a Virginia podcast by just talking crap about Tech or why people uh, are talking about them for no reason. And I think I think I think there are a lot of people listening to this podcast right now who are like shaking their head. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um. All right. Before we wrap it up, I do want to take a look uh, at the ACC as a whole because we we do a power rankings every week and. Um, I, I w- I'm curious because since it's something it's like your baby and it's something you write, I'm curious. I want to quiz you on it. We'll ask you some questions about it. Absolutely. How tough has it been this season to really do this to do that thing well? Uh, maybe not as hard as some other years. Honestly, um, why do you just think, be- why do you think that is? Well, I think number one is easy and number fifteen is easy. So that's a good place to start. Um, the hardest part is always like three through six because those are the ones that people will gripe about um and i get it i mean people don't care as much about like 10 through 14 um i think one is clear and then after that it's kind of a mess but honestly i kind of look at it like the pressure's off because you can't really justifiably have like be like this team's so much better than this team it's just hard to say that so um i just try to take everything yeah, once and kind of like look at well, you know, Clemson and Miami are about the same. Clemson beat Miami, but Miami, you know, like try to look at everything at once. Um, 
Right now, I think I have Louisville at number two. Uh, we'll see how they do tonight. Um, after that, it gets kind of messy, especially with Duke, you know, the way they've kind of fallen back. You know they have the talent, but, you know, are they really playing better than Miami or Clemson or any of those teams? Um, it gets a little tricky at times, but, you know, the, the, the problem for me is, like, what do you do with Pitt, you know? Like, that kind of stuff, like, with those teams, um, Syracuse. So, I mean, like, the bottom, I think, is pretty clear. Um, Wake, Georgia Tech, Boston College, NC State for now, um, probably for good. Um, and then at the top, it's, like, North Carolina and then a jumbled mess. And then you kind of can sort that mess into, like, competitors and maybe, like, teams that are decent but not really, like, uh, you know, like the teams that are, like, six, seven, eight, like those teams, um, like the Florida States. Uh, but I mean, it can get tricky. It's just, it just depends on when you're doing it. Yeah. I think that's the thing in, in kind of, you know, editing like each week is different. That's what I kind of mean. Yeah. Right. When I'm, when I'm editing it and looking at it, you know, I, I, I kind of, you can, it's funny because like sometimes you can look at, you can make an argument for a team that's like four spots lower to be four spots higher, but then you can't justify the team being them being higher than some of the teams in yeah, the middle. Yeah, it's 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 very strange. It's it is a strange. But you can year. be like you know you can make a case if you want to make the case like Miami should be number two. But then you could go out and be like you know you, you could it'd be hard to like. But then it's like Louisville has the same resume and one less loss. So it's like you know where do you go? The other um, thing that's interesting to me is like that you have these uh, these really good offenses in in the in the league at least in terms of the way the metrics say it right. So you got Notre Dame at number one right now in Kempom. Uh, you got Duke at number two, um, Carolina's at four, Virginia's at nine. But then you, you still have some pretty top, you know, you know, you got what, two or three more teams in the top 20, or excuse me, top 30. Um, and then you got Clemson at 44. So, I mean, most of the league is is really not that far off. Um, you know, the worst, obviously, is Boston College. They're 339th, dude. Wow. They're so bad. Yeah, they're just like historically bad. Um, but quickly, the, quickly to touch on that, they do have a chance to go zero and eighteen. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's a real thing. Oh, I said it. I said it in the first power rankings, or well, the see, second. They're currently, they're co- I, I currently said I looked at their schedule and was like, I don't see any game on here that I would be like, yep, that's a win because oh they gosh. only get like Tech once on the road. Oh, I think dude. they have Wake once on the road. It's like there's no game. They don't have any like gimme game at home. Let's listen to this. Listen to what their next six is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carolina at Carolina at Virginia at Louisville in the oh next three in a row. Okay, then they get Carolina at home, Syracuse at home, and then they go to uh, fake Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> They're not winning any of those games, and none of them will be close. Probably. All right, listen to this. Listen to this. The, their next three games, they have a combined a combined percentage chance of winning in terms of Kimpom of five. <laughs> Two, two, and one, and then, and then on February 9th when they go to when they get Carolina at home, it's a six percent, right? Yeah. They their next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games actually because they have a twelve percent chance of winning at Wake. None of those are over fifteen percent win probability. <laughs> That's insane. That's nuts. So yeah, it is definitely on the table. The one is is Virginia Tech uh, at home. That's their their largest. Yeah, I think that's the game that everybody's like penciling in. It's like that's got to be the win if there is one, and they probably happen. they could lose that game. Like that's yeah, they're gonna they might be zero and eighteen. That poor guy, oh man, that poor guy. He's got nothing to work with. Poor Jim Christian. Who? Um, 
that's his name. Um, no, I'm sorry. You, you were you were joking. Yeah. I know. Um. So yeah. So I think other than that, it is it is a fairly wide open league, you know, which is going to make for an an incredible ACC tournament. Like yeah, that uh, was the first thing I thought like three weeks ago when this chaos started. I was like, the ACC tournament is going to be the seeds won't matter. Just bananas. It's just you just you just don't want to be on Carolina's side of the bracket, probably. And even then, you're like, yeah, whatever. Because I mean, yeah, Carolina, they're not like unbeatable. Well, and like you have this this whole thing with Carolina and Marcus Page being like so like out to lunch. Like I don't know what's going on with him. But yeah, I think they're gonna drop some games. I mean, I don't think they're gonna roll through the league like UVA has the last few years. Uh, they just, I mean, who have they played in the league that's good? Yeah. What's their best win? Clemson, Clemson. on the road. Clemson on the or road. Clemson at home. I'm yeah, sorry. They, yeah, they play Clemson at home. So the, yeah. Right. Clemson's never won there. Other than that, at Syracuse, maybe. Yeah, and they were really struggling at the time. Yeah. That's it, though. I mean, who else did they beat? They beat Wake. A, Carolina's actually, their schedule's, all right, so they, they get Boston College, and then they get they get Louisville at Louisville. Yeah, see, that'll be a, that'll be like a good barometer for them. But Louisville will be coming off the UVA game. And they gotta, yeah, they got a tough turnaround. They got to go Saturday to Monday, Virginia right. to Carolina, at least, at least with the first ones at home. Uh, or excuse me, they're both at home. They're both at home. Um, then you get all right. So then they get Notre Dame, and then they. How does Carolina get Boston College twice? Yeah, it just worked out that way. <laughs> all right, but then they do have a stretch where they get Duke, Miami, uh, NC State at NC State, which you know we all know Raleigh is crazy, and then uh, you got to play it in at, at JPJ. So that's a tough stretch. We'll we'll learn a lot about them. Obviously, we'll learn a lot about everybody over the next month. But yeah, the ACC is just crazy, and I think for Virginia fans, you should be encouraged that the ACC is crazy because that's really what college basketball is this year. It's just crazy. It's just nothing seems to make any sense. So the fact that Virginia is a completely different team when they wear white jerseys than when they're on the road and wear blue jerseys um, is just if it, it, it's fascinating to me. But yeah, you got to play the games. I mean, it's like. I know it's a cliche, but they have time to get it right. They still what, what's their league record? Five and three, so they have ten league games to go. Yeah. I mean, it's not over. Um, you know, and you don't finish first. It's not the end of the world. You don't get to you don't get a bye to the final four if you finish first in the ACC. UVA fans should know that. Um, so I mean, that's really what they're playing for. It's worth pointing. And you can out. you can win the ACC tournament as a three or four seed. NC State or uh, Notre Dame did it last year, right? So I mean, and 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 here here's a good point. Um, Duke lost its first game last year in on January 11th. They lost back-to-back games. Then they lost. They went, got three wins. One of them randomly against St. John's in January. And then they, they yeah, lost. that was the big like Coach K game and where he got his nine millionth win or whatever. <laughs> and then they lost to Notre Dame, and everybody was like, "Oh, they were beating at Virginia too." Until they that three-point barrage. They got beat pretty soundly in that Notre Dame game. I mean, it was kind of close, but like. Notre Dame killed them in the second half after Duke had a big lead. So it was like so by the so then they put together a, a string of wins, I think eleven in a row, uh, twelve, excuse me, before they lose to Notre Dame in the in the ACC tournament. Yeah, and then they didn't lose again. So were, was that a team that everybody thought? I mean, I, look, you knew they were talented, but they just kind of got together at the right time. If they lost that UVA game, they could have had a totally different season. Yeah, because at that point they they would have now lost back to back games. They were going to get Georgia Tech at home, who they drubbed by thirty. But then they had to play Florida State, who last year was just a different animal. Um, then they had to play Syracuse, again, different animal. Um, and then they had that Carolina game that went to overtime um, that they won. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you're right. It could have been – and that's the thing. is that like this and, then, and then Notre Dame destroyed them in the tournament randomly, like out of nowhere. Yeah, that's right. 
So and Notre Dame is a good example of a team that like they look good for a while, then they got really they got they kind of like fell apart and lost some random games. I think they lost like Georgia Tech, some other random games. Then they ended up at the three seed, and then they just got red hot through March. You know, they went all the way to the Elite Eight, and they had Kentucky on the on the ropes. Ropes, yeah. Well, I think mean, that's a you know look at NC State last year, right? NC State beginning of January is ten and four, right? They go through January, they lose what five games. Six games in January, then they lose three more in February, and but still somehow or another make it to the, you know, to the second weekend uh, of the tournament. I mean that yeah. th- that's just that's just the way it works. Sometimes. I mean that's not the way you want to be able no, to do no, it no, because no. it's hard to do it that way. But yeah, I mean like you can, you know, it's it doesn't have to be one way. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not rolling through the ACC sixteen and two isn't the only way to have a good season. And I think that's the problem that Virginia fans are suffering from right now. So it's this year. They're like, so what are these far? losses on the road? I yeah. don't get it. Like, what, you know? or, yeah, what are the and what are these tough games at home? Like what? Like I get it. I understand it. So we'll we'll wait a week and uh, we'll we'll see what's what. Uh, Cavaliers have a um, um, obviously a couple of days to get ready for Louisville, and uh, we'll see what what finishes out in Blacksburg tonight. I think that's a a good place to put a pin in it. Want to thank uh, Justin for. Uh, man of the podcast tonight since Dave was unable to join due to a uh, family medical emergency, otherwise known as his wife had a root canal. And I was going to say, so we can't make fun of him this time? Apparently not. I mean, we should be nice. We should be nice. If he listens if he listens all the way into this to whatever, then we should be nice to him. Also want to say again, thank you to everybody out there. Uh, now that the podcast is, uh, is not only embedded in the board, but also um, on uh, iTunes and Podbean, um, the plays are, are really strong and I appreciate everybody out there for your support of the show. So, uh, so yeah, for, uh, Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.